In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We hear in our epistle reading tonight that factions had arisen in the Corinthian church. Some are following the words of Paul and Jesus, but others have gone after myths, seeking after their own ideas and the approval of men. There were divisions in the body. So St. Paul says when these factions gather, it is not the Lord's Supper that they eat. Is there not only one Lord? And does he not have only one supper? So when these factions gather, can they each receive the Lord's Supper, each in their own way? Well, no. Just as there is only one baptism and one body of Christ, so there is only one supper that Jesus gives. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. So rather than coming together to celebrate the Lord's Supper, each one had become interested in observing his own supper. And so much so that one eats like a glutton while his neighbor is left with nothing. So whatever is going on in the Corinthian church, it's not the Lord's Supper. So to correct them, St. Paul brings them back to the Lord's word, back to the institution that Jesus gave, back to the tradition handed down to Paul and which he had handed down to them. On the night when our Lord Jesus Christ was handed over, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Are there any words over which we Christians are less divided? Now, though we might disagree with other Christians about what these words mean, we do agree that we are to take and eat. No matter what, Christians believe that the Lord's Supper is important. And that importance goes back to Jesus' words. And so some Christians take it rarely because they find the meaning amplified this way. Some take it often because they believe its reality requires it. But all take it. Now, we could, of course, discuss all sorts of things about the sad divisions in Christendom over Jesus' words when he says, this is. But tonight, I want to focus on this language of Remembrance. The sacrament is done in remembrance of Jesus. Now, some might hear this and think that when the sacrament is celebrated, 
that the point is to remember Jesus, to remember his sacrifice and what he has done. Now, of course, we should remember this. We dare not forget all that Jesus has done for us. But what things about Jesus are you supposed to remember? Well, certainly his life and death, his resurrection. And what about his ascension, his miracles, his teaching, his rebuke? Are we to keep all of that in mind when we commune? And if the main thing going on in the sacraments is you remembering Jesus, how is Jesus giving you his gifts? And if it is our remembering that keeps Jesus alive in our minds, why do we need to do this at church? Why do we need these elements? Why can we not just partake at home by ourselves and so remember Jesus that way? Well, I think the problem with all of this comes back to how we understand the word remembrance. When we hear it, we Americans simply think of our mental activity, remembering something or bringing it to mind. And this makes the emphasis of the sacraments our work, our doing, our remembering. But the Hebrew idea of remembrance is far more than that. Maybe we could say it this way. According to Jesus and the Hebrew way of thinking, remembrance means to participate in a thing in the present according to events of the past. So to unpack all that, let's use the example of a wedding anniversary. And we'll even think about it to start with, the idea of of remembrance as mere mental activity. So let's say the wife is going to celebrate her anniversary. And so she plans to spend her entire day thinking about her wedding day, the wedding colors and the weather, the guests who could or couldn't come, the details of the reception, and anything else that she can bring to mind. Now, of course, these are good things to recall. It's good to keep these kinds of memories alive. But if that's all a wife did for her anniversary, it would be kind of lame. And if she did all of those things alone, without her husband with her, then it would be sad. So just recalling details of a wedding day isn't really celebrating an anniversary. It's not about the mental activity. It is about the past events but also the present reality. The things that husband and wife tell each other
today. Their ongoing commitment, love, and affection for each other. And so all of this is sort of packed into this idea of remembrance. And so when we think about eating and drinking in Jesus' remembrance, it means so much more than thinking about what he did in the past. It is a remembrance that we participate in, a remembrance that we take into our bodies. The reality that the sacrifice on the cross, on the cross Jesus, is actually here, and that you take into yourselves his body and blood, which cannot die. And so it is that by participating in this reality, we are also part of the remembrance. This is no memorial of a dead man, for the living Jesus himself is placed into our mouths and joins with our bodies. United with Jesus, who cannot die, we have his salvation in our bodies, and we rejoice in the unity of this confession, and we partake of our Lord's Supper. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.